And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Jack Benny and all his gangstar in the Jack Benny program from 1950, but it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs, and I'll provide a statement about each song and my job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home right lisa you've got it carl so i've got some great songs and we're going to talk about whether they were used in a particular car commercial okay so i know you're a car connoisseur i am and so maybe this will be easy for you if i win will you buy me a new car (laughs) a new car if i could i would (laughs) if you pay me enough then i would I mean, I we've got to do car. something about this this car because this Nova, it, it the the the, you know. Yeah. Well, as long as the brakes work, I'll be the happy. The brakes work, but okay. boy, uh, but we'll start taking. It's like Fred Flintstone. Remember, like you could see the, the little feet the on feet. the ground. Yeah, the <clears throat> whole and then bottom. You stop of the, with the with the heel of your feet. Got to <laughs> get a new car. Well, we'll soon. take my Tesla. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Here's the first song. Ground control to Major Tom. So this is David Bowie's Space Oddity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Oddity or Odyssey? I think, think it's, it's Odyssey. Is it Oddity? I don't think so. But anyway, we'll That's figure that out later. I have it, but I'll double check Odyssey, that. But go ahead. Okay. You didn't see my no, sheet, did you? Okay. So this com- this song is used in a commercial for Lexus. Is that real or ridiculous? Lexus. I don't think so. I'd no. say it's ridiculous. Okay. Let's listen to the clip. Ground control to major time. This is a commercial for Lincoln. Ah. For Lincoln, not Lexus. My daughter, Amanda, works for Lincoln. And I have a Lincoln, so yeah. I'm a fan. Oh, so I'm up one, So huh? you've got it. I've been pretty been on tonight, You've been doing very right? well tonight. For a guy who hasn't had a nap in right? a while. <laughs> Maybe you should continue that trend. <laughs> <laughs> but I did take my brother. No, no so. nap, Carl. There you go. All right, let's try the next one. Mm-hmm. So this is Cheryl Crow's yeah. Every Day is a Winding Road. Right. So this song is used in a commercial for Hyundai. That's true. 
Okay, let's listen and see. Yes. What good is an SUV that can go everywhere if you can't afford to go anywhere? At 28 miles per gallon highway, the Subaru Outback has better uh, fuel efficiency Subaru. than any midsize it's SUV. Subaru. Oh, and the man. Drive and then the song continues. So, Subaru, not Hyundai. So, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Gosh. So close. I knew it was a foreign car. <laughs> Most cars are. <laughs> All right. Oh, here's darn, your next song. Darn. Sting. Sting. You don't know Sting? I know Sting, but I never... This is Sting's Desert Rose. Never heard this song. What? I don't think so. Maybe I have. All right. It's it's a pretty popular song. All right. All right. So this song is used in a commercial for Tesla. Real or ridiculous? That's probably probably real. Okay. Let's listen. Unfortunately for you, this is a commercial for Jaguar or Jaguar. 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 This is a Jaguar. Jaguar. So, so I got it wrong. You got it wrong. Yeah. Damn. Man. Yeah. Well, you did get one right. You is there any have, other ones? Yeah, there is. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's the last song. Bad to the Bone, George Thorogood. That is right. Huh? You know it because it's your Bad to the Bone. Bad to the Bone. Me alone. Is it out bad to the Bone? Bad to the Bone. Okay. Yes. Uh, George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone is used for a commercial for Cadillac. No. Okay. No. Let's Ridiculous. Play it. Ridiculous. When I drive down the street, the people all gather around. They gaze in wide wonder at the car I have found. This is a commercial for Buick. Yeah. That Cadillac. Buick is bad to the bone. Cadillac is not bad to the bone. So you got this one. I got two out of four. You got two out of four. That's about right for you. 50-50. Eh. <laughs> 50-50 ain't too bad. Ah, uh, I don't know. All right. I should have done better. Well, you still have some. Uh, what? Some song uh, learning the lyrics coming. Oh, up, that's so true. So you can work on. That. Have a sip of that Roma wine. <laughs> You're gonna there. need more than one. <laughs> You All sure right. can. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. <laughs> sure. More of Hollywood 360, including an episode of the Jack Benny program. Right. Don't want to miss that. When we return, stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... 
Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Yes, this is Hollywood 360. We're on the air. Across the whole country, hundreds of radio stations that we are very fortunate to be on. Um, We're very, very lucky to be on radio stations. So we want to thank all of our listeners, all of our program directors, all of our general managers for carrying Hollywood 360. We're also on American Forces Radio in 168 countries all over the world. So, um, yeah, we're broadcasting globally, Lisa, globally on uh, this show, bringing uh, listeners the greatest classic radio shows of all time. And we're constantly licensing more shows and getting upgrades to shows and always trying to find the best quality direct from the master recordings. And that's why Mike Bubblebath Costella He's uh, we've nicknamed him Bubble Bath because he he cleans these shows uh, in in the in the tub. Well, that's why his studio's down the hall. He mentioned yeah. he has a private little bath down there, so right. he needs his privacy. Yeah, that's and I true. Understand. We we get it. We totally get that. Um, and so we do appreciate all that Mike does to make these shows sound great, and to so many great collectors of these sixteen-inch discs that we get these shows from. And, of course, the rights holders that we license these shows from. And one of those is the Jack Benny uh, estate and the Jack Benny program. We have uh, an episode now going back to 1950. This is from March 19th. Jack and all his gang, they, uh, they do their rendition of The Champion, a story of the boxing ring. Um you have Frank Nelson on this, Eddie Rochester Anderson, Phil Harris, Mel Blank, Dennis Day, Don Wilson, Mary Livingston, the whole gang. Here's uh, part one now of the Jack Benny program. The Jack Benny program. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, just four days from now, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences will present their annual awards. And when the winners are announced, Jack Benny, being a man of high ideals and noble character, will be the first to say, I was robbed. (laughs) And here he is, Jack Benny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Betty talking, and Don, I'm glad you brought up the subject of the Academy Awards, because Wait I... a minute, Jackson, wait a minute. Temper, temper, just hold your hair up a minute. <laughs> After all, where do you come off saying you was robbed? Huh? Well, the winners haven't even been announced yet. I know, And but... you haven't made a picture for five years. I know, I know. You've only got one show, too. <laughs> 
Dennis, go sit down. We oui, more Capitan. You can stop with that, too. Phil, when I said I was robbed, I was referring to last year. That's when they did the casting for the picture, All the King's Men, and the director asked me if I'd like to compete for the lead. So I even went down to the studio. Well, don't feel bad about not getting the part, Jack. After all, Broderick Crawford is a wonderful actor. Broderick? Holy smoke, I thought it was Joan and I wore my Charlie's Ant costume. <laughs> How do you like that? Well, Jack, weren't you embarrassed going out to the studio dressed up like Charlie's Ant? Not at first, Dom, but coming home on the streetcar, my bustle crept up and I looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> anyway, that was my one chance to win an Academy Award. Well, don't take it too seriously, Jackson. Winning an award isn't important as long as you're doing the right thing. That's all that matters. What do you mean? Well, take the picture I just made, Wabash Avenue. Let Victor Mature and Betty Grable win the awards. I'm happy knowing that I was aqueduct in the park. <laughs> well, we're back to Francis, the mule. <laughs> oh, I want to tell you something, Jackson. Seriously, those producers were smart to think of me. Phil, casting you was a natural. When they thought of making the picture, they thought of Chicago for the locale. When they thought of Chicago, they thought of Wabash Avenue. When they thought of an avenue, they thought of a street. When they thought of a street, they thought of a gutter. And any three-year-old could take it from there. <laughs> so, Phil, as far as the perfect casting is concerned, don't take now, wait it... wait a minute, Jackson. Just hold it a minute. You've got it all wrong. That part had nothing to do with drinking. They needed someone who could play the part of a nightclub owner, a gambler, a great lover. A great lover, huh? Well, Phil, let me ask you something. If you're such a great lover, how come at the end of the picture, Victor Mature marries Betty Grable? Because Alice made him change the finish. <laughs> Alice? She ain't sharing me with nobody, even in the land of make-believe. <laughs> Phil, you're the hammiest guy I ever met. We, oui, mon capitaine. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Now, kids... Hello, let's... Jack. Hi, you fellas. Well, Mary, welcome back. Hiya, Liv. Good to see you again. We sure missed you, Mary. Well, thanks, fellas. And Jack, next time I have a cold, don't send your doctor to take care of me. Why not? He's an excellent physician. Yeah, but boy, is he nearsighted. The doctor? When he came into the house, I thought I'd save a little time. So I stuck out my tongue and he hung his hat on it. <laughs> no kidding. Is he that nearsighted? Worse than that. Yeah? He went to listen to my chest, put his stethoscope against the radiator, yeah. and said, Stop hissing me. I'm here to help you. <laughs> he had a little trouble with stethoscope. Yes, I <laughs> Next time we do the joke, we'll make it needle. <laughs> Anyway, Mary, I can tell by the twinkle in your eye that never happened. We oui, mon Capitan. I thought so. Well, anyway, you're back on the program. That's all that matters. Hey, Livo, how'd you have to catch that cold in the first place? Well, one night I went out riding with Jack, and his car has no windshield. No windshield? Well, how come Jack didn't catch cold, too? He sits on the floor and drives by periscope. <laughs> drives by periscope. Drives by periscope. Stop making things up. Now, come on, Dennis. Uh, let's have your song. No. <laughs> What? I don't want to sing yet. I've only had three laughs up to now. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, Dennis. Who counts their laughs? Phil does. Phil counts his laughs? As soon as he gets five, he runs over to NBC. <laughs> 
Dennis, you yourself said I've only got one show. Let me keep it, will you? Now go ahead and sing. Well, how about my other two laughs? Never mind. Sing. <laughs> Kissing you and music, music, music Closer, my dear, come closer The nicest part of any melody Is when you're dancing close to me Put another nickel in In the Nickelodeon All I want is loving you And music, music, music Music, music, sung by Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. <laughs> and very good. That he says once. We oui, mon Capitan. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as we mentioned before, it is only a few more days to the presentation of the Academy Awards. The leading male nominees for their outstanding performances are Broderick Crawford for All the King's Men, Richard Todd for The Hasty Heart, Gregory Peck for Twelve O'Clock High, John Wayne for The Sands of Iwo Jima, and Jack Benny for his outstanding performance in The Champion. So tonight, we are going Jack. to... Jack! Jack, what are you talking about? Huh? Kirk Douglas, Douglas is up for the award. Well, he was the star of The Champion. Go back to stethoscope. <laughs> I'll bet you a thousand dollars Douglas is easier to say than stethoscope. <laughs> What'd you, what'd you say, Don? I said Kirk Douglas is up for the award. He was the star of the champion. Mary, that was for the picture. I'm talking about my radio performance. I did the champion on the radio a year ago. Well, who's going to give an award for that? I don't know, Mary. I got one last week. Let's take a chance. <laughs> so tonight we're going to offer our new version of the champion, in which... Excuse me. Hello? Hello, champ. This is Rochester. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here from the Jack Benny program. Mary made a little flub there. It was funny. I heard that. Uh, We'll get back to this March 19th, 1950 broadcast, Jack Benny and all his gang in just a few minutes. Uh, Before we go to break, though, I do want to remind all of our listeners that every single second of our Hollywood 360 show 
is captured on a weekly podcast, and it's sent to those who subscribe to our Hollywood 360 podcast, the full five-hour show, plus our Radio Rarities podcast, uh, the latest version of that, which uh, doesn't go, uh, I think when we put the podcast on, the, you know, the Radio Rarities podcast on the Hollywood 360 podcast, I think that's about seven or eight or ten weeks prior to the time we release it to the general public. So you're getting a, um, you know, an early version of the podcast of uh, Radio Rarities as well. So um, every single second available to you every Monday sent right to your email in a link that never expires, and it's only $5.99 a month, not a week, a month. So you get four or five podcasts for only $5.99 a month. So go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. Or you can just call and talk to a live operator, and that live operator will answer any questions. They will um, sign you up, 815-900-7535. That's 800 815-900-7535. Seven five three five. I'll say it one more time because I goofed it up. Because you flubbed it like Mary. I flubbed it like Mary. Eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. Huh? You got it now. Wow. That's that's a lot lot of work. It's a lot of talking, man. You talk too much. You know, it's a lot of vocalizing and talking. I told you you're wordy. I need some water. I can do that for you. I didn't have a nap today. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) All right, more of Jack Benny and all his gang and more of our gang, more of our Hollywood 360 gang. Coming your way, stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio, on Hollywood 360. My good pal, Adam yeah, West there. Oh, man. Yeah, we were good pals. He used to do a lot of um, Twilight Zones for me and Bible things, you know, when he was um, he was alive. Poor guy. Um, he died too young. He was like, you know, only in his early 80s, I believe. And, um, yeah, we were good pals. And I asked him one day, hey, um, would you be the announcer? I'm starting this new show, Hollywood 360, and and the uh, because people ask about this a lot. They're like, "How come you know the announcer Adam West, your announcer there, Batman, doesn't uh, mention Lisa's name?" And the reason why, folks, is because 
Adam West uh, recorded those um, liners, the openings and ins and outs, before Lisa was part of the show, really. I mean, you were you were just like one of the crew at that time. You weren't the co-host of the show. so That is true. And he is no longer, unfortunately, with us. So otherwise, I'm sure he'd be happy to re-record I, it. Right. I would have been thrilled just to hear him speak my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. He's such I'm a great guy. To- to have him as a part of the show yeah. in any way. And we have had uh, Burt Ward on the show. We've yes. had Burt, uh, who played um, Robin, Robin sure. of course. Not sure if we've had any other people from that series, which was one of my so. favorites growing up. Yeah. When I, I remember it was on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because there was always a cliffhanger on Batman, you know, on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, same bat time, same bat channel. I remember being like a kid and watching that because it came out in 1966. So I was three and you were two. So were you watching Batman? Probably not in its original run. Not, not at that time, but yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. But I remember it was Tuesdays I mean, and Thursdays. Everybody watched Batman. Oh, man, it, was, it was massive. Um, and um, I still watch it today. And if it's on, I'll, I, if I'm flipping through and there's a Batman episode, yeah. it's just so great to watch those shows. My other favorite show growing up was Wild Wild West. Do you remember that show with Robert Conrad? I do, but I did not share that passion with oh, you. Oh, I love that show. That was a good one. Started out in black and white. They you know, were taping them in black and white. And then they were like, hey, let's do them in color now. Um, yeah, a lot of those like the Cisco Kid, Lone Ranger, a lot of those early television shows, mm-hmm. they they uh, started in black and white and right. then, and then uh, started... Technicolor. I think my favorite old show like that was the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke. That, that was started always in black. Color. No, I think that oh, yeah. started in black and You're white right. also. It nope. changed to color later. No, I don't I don't know. Really? Was it ever color? I don't think so. Oh, Dick maybe Van, it was. Dick Van Dyke was You're right. never it, in color. It definitely color. started in black and white. Yeah. I don't I don't believe it was ever it may not done have in been. color. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that uh, was, so that's why yeah. folks uh so don't send me any more emails saying, why doesn't Adam West say Lisa's yeah. name? Um, yeah. If nothing we could I go can, back in time, yeah, we would do it. Nothing I can do about it. Um, but anyway, we miss Adam West, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, good pal of mine. All right, we're listening to the Jack Benny program, uh, a broadcast from March 19, 1950. Here's the conclusion. Hello, Rochester. What do you want? I finished packing your bags for your trip to Palm Springs. Oh, good, good. I want to leave right after the program tonight. You sure you got everything? Yes, sir. I packed your riding habit. Uh-huh. Your tennis racket. Uh-huh. Your golf clubs and a pick and shovel. A pick and shovel? You know how you are when you lose a ball. <laughs> Rochester, I may lose a ball once in a while, but I don't dig holes on a golf course. I don't know. Last year, they followed you around planting trees. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, Roger, I'll, I'll spend a lot of time in the sun, so you better pack my yellow shorts. You better not take the yellow ones, boss. They're full of moth holes. My yellow shorts? Oh, well, then pack my blue ones. Well, they're not back from the cleaners. Oh. Well, in that case, pack my black ones. You sold those to gorgeous Gussie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I'll buy some at the springs. Uh, by the way, boss, in case anyone wants to get in touch with you, where will you be staying? At the beautiful Flamingo Hotel. But, Mr. Benny, the Flamingo Hotel isn't in Palm Springs. It's in Las Vegas. I know, but now when I do go to Las Vegas, I can stay there. (laughs) 
Now, Rochester, did you take care of everything else? Aha! Uh-huh, even packed your violin. What? You know, it's pretty crowded in Palm Springs. What's my violin got to do with it? Well, if you walk into a hotel and there's no vacancy, you can make one. <laughs> Rochester, did you think of that all by yourself? We, oui, mon capitaine. I thought so. Well, goodbye. So long, champ. And now... And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we're going to present oh, our Jack, new Jack, version. Jack. Our new... V- yes, Don? I, uh, I think we ought to get to the commercial end now before we do the play. Oh, yes. I'm glad you remind me. What has the Sportsman Quartet prepared? Well, they have a wonderful number, Jack, and they're dedicating it to you. To me? Yes. You see, Jack, there's such excitement about the Academy Awards that they feel terrible that you've stopped making pictures. No. Yes. They think that a star of your magnitude should project his personality in every possible medium. Well, and so they're dedicating this number to me? Yes, yeah. Take it, boys. You ought to be in pictures. You're beautiful to see. Me? You ought to be in pictures. For you're as cute as can be. Gee. You're handsomer than Gable. You're sexier than Flynn. No. Your legs are just like Grable's. Please tell us, Jack, where you've been. Your eyes are as soft and blue as the waters of Lake Louise. Your hair is a work of art, but please don't lose it in the breeze. You're funnier than Popeye. I am. You'd fill up every house. You ought to be in pictures like me. Very good, boy. Don, that was really wonderful. And now, for our play. Take it, Don. Ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we present our new version of that thrilling, dramatic story of the prize ring entitled The Champion. Curtain. Music. My name is Midge Benny. I'm the middleweight champion of the world. People say I'm a heel. They say I'd slug my own grandmother. But they're wrong. Grandma's a heavyweight. <laughs> My struggle to the championship was a tough one. It started two years ago. I was trudging along the dusty Kansas road, hitchhiking with my best friend, Bubbles. You tired, Bubbles? Pretty much, Midge. Well, we'll be in Los Angeles in a few days. I hear it's a great place. There's a lot of smog there. Smog? What's that? That's fog with a garlic breath. Anyway, it won't be long now. As soon as we get there... Hey, Bubbles, look out. Here comes a car. Hello, boys. Do you want a lift? The car stopped in front of us. It was the latest model driven by a beautiful girl with a convertible top. (laughs) 
tell by the dark part in her blonde hair that, that she had just converted it. <laughs> there was a man sitting next to her. As Bubbles and I started to get into the car, she said, Hop into the back seat, boys. Thanks, Thanks a lot. How far are you boys gone? All the way to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, eh? I got an aunt who lives in a suburb of Los Angeles. Glendale? No, Tehachapi. <laughs> yeah. By the way, miss, your boyfriend doesn't seem very talkative. He talks with his fists. He's Slugger Brown, the middleweight champ of the world. Yeah. <laughs> we can only take you boys as far as Omaha. Slugger's fighting there tonight. Yeah. Are you really Slugger Brown? Yeah. And you're... you're the middleweight champ? Yeah. And you're fighting tonight in Omaha? Yeah. Thirty-six years later, we arrived in Omaha. <laughs> During the ride, I found out a lot about Slugger and his girlfriend, Flamingo. Her name used to be Mary, but she wanted a free week there, too. <laughs> Watched the fight that night and saw Slugger Brown collect 30,000 bucks. It was then I, Mitch Benny, decided to become a prize fighter. Bubbles and I hitchhiked to Los Angeles. I went to see the foremost fight manager in town. I stripped myself to the waist. He looked at my chest and said, That reminds me, I'm having spare ribs for dinner. Now don't be funny, Mr. McNully. I may not look so good now, see, but you give me two or three months of training and I'll be a champion someday. A champion, do you hear? No, wait a minute, me boy. Fighting is a tough game. I used to be a fighter myself. You? Right you are, me boy. I'll never forget me last fight. It was with Killer Nelson. I was afraid of him, but they made me go in the ring and fight. They did, eh? And that they did. First we were fighting in the center of the ring, and then up against the ropes. Then he kept after me and after me, and finally caught me in the wrong corner and knocked me out. What corner was that? Pico and Sepulveda. <laughs> Pico and Sepulveda. The fight was held in New Orleans. Now, <laughs> oh, who else did you fight? Well, the most exciting fight I ever had was the one with Joe Lewis. You? You fought Joe Lewis? Ah, oh, he murdered me. <laughs> well, why did you fight him? I won the chance on a quiz program. <laughs> that? And eight glorious weeks in the Cedars of Lebanon Hospital. <laughs> Well, look, Mr. McNally, that don't discourage me. I want to be a fighter. Will you handle me? All right, me bucko. I'll be your manager. Now go over to the gym and let me train her. Punchy McNeil get you into condition. The next morning, I went over to the gym. It was a large, uh, gloomy place smelling a liniment. Here, in this edifice of concrete and steel, men dedicated their lives to the inhuman pursuit of mangling and maiming. It was here that the beast and man overrode all human qualities. And one man would try to pummel another's countenance beyond recognition for the sake of monetary reward. The preceding speech was written by William Paley, Jr. He not only made me hire his son, but I had to give him credit yet. I looked around the gym trying to find Punchy McNeil. Finally, I asked a man leaning against the ring. Excuse me, mister. 
And I'm looking for a punchy McNeil. Ah, uh, that's me. <laughs> well, I'm Midge Benny. I'm pleased to know you. <laughs> now, look, Punchy, I'm trying to be a fighter, and Mr. McNulty wants you to train me. Okay, but you ought to think it over. Fighting is a tough racket. I should know because I used to be a fighter myself. <laughs> No. Yeah, I had my first fight back in 1932. Gosh. Yeah, I spent 12 years in the ring. 12 years? Yeah, but I finally came to, got up, and went home. Well, look, Punchy, I now, want... Wait a minute, I didn't finish my story. Oh, there's more? Yeah. What? <laughs> Well, tell me, Punchy, were you always a fighter? Oh, no, I used to be a musician with Guy Lombardo's band. Go on, you were never with Lombardo. Oh, yes, 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 I was. On that last sniff, he vacuumed the handkerchief right out of my vest pocket. Well, come on, Mitch, let's start training. Two weeks later, I won my first fight. Four week later, my second. Then my third, fourth, and fifth, until I had won 28 fights. In two short years, I was matched to fight the champ, Slugger Brown. I was in my dressing room with my manager when the door opened. Hello, Midge. How you doing? It was her again. <laughs> she was wearing a sweatshirt that had Flamingo Hotel written on it. <laughs> this was overdoing it. <laughs> I walked over to her and said, Hello, baby. What brings you here? Well, I heard you were going to fight the champ, and I wanted to see if you were ready for the main event. Well, sure I'm ready. Well, if you want to, you can kiss me for luck. Okay, here. <laughs> hmm. Still a preliminary boy. <laughs> oh, yeah? Now, look, baby. How about a date tonight after I knock out the champ? I've got news for you, Midge. You're not knocking out anybody. You're throwing the fight. Are you kidding? If you don't believe me, here's your manager. Ask him. McNally, are you crazy? Would I fight for two years in tank towns for this? Would I spend two years getting my brains knocked out just so I could take a dive? Would I work my way up to a title bout just to throw the fight? Would I? Would I? Why don't you turn the page and find out? <laughs> What? Oh, why don't you turn the page and find out? I turned the page and there it was. I was to take a dive in the fifth round. William Paley Jr. double-crossed me. I wasn't going to do it. I'd worked and fought to be champion, and tonight I was going to fight to win. Introducing at 159 pounds, the middleweight champion of the world, Slugger Brown. The Slugger is wearing purple trunks. And now for his worthy challenger, weighing 155 pounds, Midge Abene. Midge is wearing black shorts. They were too big for Gussie. <laughs> 
Watch her now, sir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. The men are in the center of the ring receiving their instructions. They go back to their corners waiting for the bell. And there it is, round one. Slugger comes out of his corner and starts mixing furiously. Midge meets him like a wildcat with a right and a left. And now for a few words from our sponsor, the Sagebrush Soap Company. Look clean, feel clean, be clean. And remember our slogan, now is the hour to take a shower while the bloom is on the sage. Now back to the fight. Well, that was an exciting round. Slugger's nose is still bleeding and Midge's eye is tightly closed. Now we're waiting for the bell for the second round. There's the bell. The boys come out and circle each other. They're still circling each other. We circled each other three times. Then my opponent leaned over to me and said... Hey, Bud. Bud. Who, me? Yeah. Come here a minute. What is it? What round are you going to take the dive in? The fifth. Uh-uh. What? Make it the third. The third? Why? My feet are killing me. <laughs> now look, Slugger, I'm not throwing this fight. I'm in here to win, so start mixing it. Do you understand? We, oui, Mon Capitan. Okay, put up your dukes. Ooh! The champ lands a terrific right cross, and Mitch Benny is down! Yes, I was down. The referee is counting over him! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten! <laughs> was a tobacco auctioneer. <laughs> As I lay there beaten and dazed, my whole career flashed in front of me. How it started two years ago when I was trudging along a dusty Kansas road, hitchhiking with my best friend, Bubbles. You tired, Bubbles? Pretty much, Midge. Hey, Bubbles, look out. Here comes a car. Hello, Boys, you want a lift? Oh, no. We're not going through that again. Come on, Bubbles. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, next week at the same time, our program will be coming to you from Palm Springs, and our guest will be Bob Hope. So be sure and... Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? Here's a telegram for you. Right here, boy. Here's a tip. Jeez, thanks. Now I can spend the rest of my life working. <laughs> hmm... Who's the wire from, Jack? Let's see. Oh, it's from Bob Hope. Now, isn't this clever? Well, what does he say? Dear Jack, happy to be on your program next week in Palm Springs, but I must warn you, as soon as I get five laughs, I'm going out and play golf. <laughs> Gee, everybody counts. <laughs> Good night, folks. Be sure to hear Dennis Day in the day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned for the Amos Man Show, which follows immediately. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That is the Jack Benny program, March 19, 1950. The gang performs a sketch, The Champion. And uh, that was originally sponsored by Lucky Strike, but the Lucky Strike commercials were removed uh, very ingeniously and cleverly by Mike. You didn't even notice. Even in the song. Great job, Mike. Wow. That was really, I was very impressed. Jack Benny and all his gang is heard on CBS. Time now for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, 
I'm going to review Disney's remake of the classic animated 1989 movie, The Little Mermaid. Director Rob Marshall's casting of Ariel, Halle Bailey, to star carries the film despite the overlong runtime. Her sweet, strong voice is the key to uplifting the live action, oh, amid that overstuffed script. You broke the rules. He went to the above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. Ariel, don't! The voices of Davy Diggs as Sebastian the Crab and Aquafina as Scuttle the Seacall are spot on. Here's the great news about The Little Mermaid. I'm telling you, a star has been born. In Halle Bailey's performance and her lovely singing voice, they carry the film along with the supporting cast. Melissa McCarthy's Ursula, oh, she is fantastic. You know, I would not bring smaller children, as the movie is way too dark and long at times. There's a frightening scene with King Triton near the end. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your film and TV critic, for Sarah's Backstage Pass, check out my interview with Wendy McLinden Covey, the voice of Gale, in Pixar's new movie, Elemental, opening in two weeks. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, the greatest Western of all radio, Gunsmoke, William Conrad stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon, a broadcast from 1953. But then... Lisa Wolf Dillon is going to be our lyricist for learning the lyrics, right? That's right. We've got some songs whose title begins with the letter V. 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 Can you think of any songs um, quickly? Um, very, very, very. Well, it's a good thing that I'm writing the segment, not you. You might have a little ah. bit of trouble. All right. We'll see you soon. It's time to rethink. Renew and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.